Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today we are going to be talking about a very interesting question. Uh, The question as to whether or not Christians can get tattoos. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, this is like one of the big questions that I see. You said it was like number three? Like anytime you type in like can Christians on like a Google search or on YouTube, it's going to autofill with It's going to be on the front page. Yeah, it's going to be up there at the top. And so it's like, yeah, maybe we should address that. Um, So here we are and we're going to do that. But first, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Randy. So, um... This would probably be a good time to talk about your tattoo sleeves. That's right. <laughs> That's like the only tattoos I ever got were out of a Cracker Jack box. I licked them and smacked them on my hand, and they stayed for about an hour. <laughs> huh. Well, sorry, I shouldn't be crunching on ice in the middle of this thing. I ran out of my drink. <laughs> and so you're swallowing ice. Yeah, well, you you got to do what you got to do. Well, this is awkward because I do have tattoos. <laughs> Um, and not many, I only have a couple, but, uh, that this, it always makes this conversation fun. Uh, but don't let that, uh, fool you into thinking everything I have to say about tattoos is just going to be singing their praises because it's not, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I guess this is a weird one and I have very mixed feelings on this topic as I think we should with most, uh, biblical questions because very few things are just flat out black and white. The things in the middle, the things at the core of Christianity, it's black and white. But right, right, the orthodox stuff. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus is God, uh, Trinity, Scripture is is script, God's Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black and white, black and white. Tattoos. (laughs) (laughs) Now, some people... Some people would say it's a whole lot black more and black white. and white. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, quite frankly, they're wrong, and that's fine. Uh, they they can be wrong because it's a secondary issue. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I want to I want to hash this thing out and look at both sides of it. Okay. Um, the passage in question here is coming out of Leviticus, 
Right. That's the right. one that always right. gets brought up when it comes to this situation. Well, it's the only one that really even speaks about tattoos. Yeah. So what is that passage? It's uh, Leviticus 19.28. Leviticus 19.28. I am curious. I just want to look at what it says in uh, different translations. So I got two different translations here, and I'm aware of a third. I've got New American Standard. And this is the 2020 edition. You shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor make any tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. And that was which version? That was New American Standard 2020. The English Standard version is similar. Very similar. Yeah. New Living Translation, do not cut your bodies for the dead. Do not mark your skin with tattoos, I am the Lord. And then there's the King James, which, uh, not the most recent one, but the earlier ones just said it didn't use the word tattoo. It says, don't print on your body. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to dive into the actual language? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like the yeah. root language here? So I looked up here on uh, Blue Letter Bible, and you can kind of follow through word by word and see what's behind it. And uh, what the Hebrew actually says is, you shall not make any cuts. And there's just three words there. No, make, and then a Hebrew word that is translated cuts, gashes, uh, uh, incision, incisions. This is the only time it's used in the Old Testament ever. And uh, uh, from time to time, we've talked about how Hebrew language is formed. Uh, words are made out of three consonants, and then depending on the vowels that you add to it, it becomes a noun or a verb, or the verbs are conjugated and this has no other three-letter uh, uh, words related to it. You said this is the only time it comes up? Yeah. comes up twice. Twice? Where's the other one? Right after this, in Leviticus 21.5. Interesting. Yep. I also find it interesting that this word is serrat, right. which sounds like, like serrated. <laughs> like a serrated blade, is, like yeah, to cut. Yeah. yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I'm sure there's zero connection between those two concepts, but that's okay. Um, and so that's any cuts in your body, right? Okay, right. And then we'll come back around to that 21.5 because that is an interesting point. But. Right. And yeah, well, it, well, we need to get through all of this and then we'll come back to 21.5 and Deuteronomy 14.1. Yes. Yeah, okay. So uh, it says, don't make any cuts in your body. Yeah. And the body is the word for flesh, basar. Yeah. So, uh, and then it says, for the dead. Now, this is interesting. Pretty much all translations say for the dead. The problem is the word that is used there is the, in, in Hebrew is nefesh. Nefesh means life. Nefesh is a word word that's used for soul. It can be used for a person because a living soul is a person. But a few times, and I mean really few, 
almost exclusively in Leviticus. It's used for dead. Now, in chapter 21, actually, it does talk about 21 to a priest shall not make himself ceremonially unclean by touching the dead body of a relative, by touching the nephesh of a relative. That's 21.1. And then 21.2 gives some exceptions, but it's interesting. This is the only time this word is translated the dead. Uh, Okay. Um, So... I'm having another thought here that okay. I have not had until just now. Okay. And we even talked That's about this earlier. Dangerous. It is dangerous. <laughs> so bear with me. What if it is saying don't make any cuts on your body for the living? The living. Is it well when it says cuts, what's it mean? Is it talking about like like scarring? Is it That's talking the about thing. pictures? You don't really know is it talking because about it's the only place like somebody's used. name that yeah. you're putting on? Because here's my question: Is like would that not border on? Could that not border in the eyes of of at least at this por- uh, point in time as like idolatry? Like if you're putting a person's face or name on your body, are you not making a graven image of that person? Okay, there's a couple of different concepts that that. Uh, could be related to this. Do you want to get into that? Let's continue through this. Okay. Let's okay, get through okay. this before we get off now, in the weeds. Let's go back to Hebrew and the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse is uh, don't mark your skin with tattoos. And what it says in Hebrew is don't make any tattoo marks. Here again, it uses a verb or a, a, a three-letter word that only occurs here. No cognates. It's not related to any other word. And here I think I'm right. It's the only place that it happens. It's translated here as tattoo. And it's probably a reasonable translation. Then you get, uh, don't do that on yourselves. And it ends with the phrase, I am the Lord. Which is really interesting when uh, you start looking at the other places where this occurs and the ideas that it has there. But, Zach, before we do that, this verb occurs in a context. Yes. This is, or this verse occurs in a very specific context. Okay. The previous verse to this says, you shall not round off the hairline of your heads, nor trim the edges of your beard. Zach, <laughs> you are a barber. Okay. Well, first of all, Sinner. I am not a barber. <laughs> all right, Randy. I'm a cosmetologist. Okay, okay. All right, it's very different. Gotcha. It's not all that different. But... uh yeah, do you I totally, trim hairlines? I, yeah, I do. <laughs> do you trim up beards? I sure do. Sinner. I know. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go. You can just, uh, you, you got this? You, you can, <laughs> no, you can handle this? That's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing. That's the thing. And that's why when you look at this, if you say, aha, you cannot get a tattoo because Leviticus 1928 says don't. Well, Leviticus 19.27 says don't get a haircut, too. <laughs> uh, I mean, not not just that. 
let's let's keep going. I mean, there's more right around here, right? Uh, where is it at? Yeah, you were you were mentioning that before. Um, we may have to get into chapter twenty, but my point is, like, this is this is also right around where we start getting into don't wear clothing of mixed fiber, don't eat pork, don't. That's uh, verse nineteen. Don't wear clothing woven from two different kinds of thread. Don't mate two different animals. Well, that's fair. Ah, so a donkey is fine and a horse is fine, but a donkey mates a horse and it's a mule. Right. Aren't there references to mules in the Bible? I don't know. I are there? there were. I I know mules are sterile. I, I'm, I'm and I know when you wrong, I know when you but, mate two different animal species like that together. The offspring is sterile, like yeah. a liger. Yeah. If you made a tiger right. and a lion, then the liger comes as the offspring, but it can never make babies. Right, right, yeah. So, right, right. So, I mean, there, there's real – I mean, that's the thing is when a lot of people talk about these things – oh, man, you just opened up another I, – I say we start getting into just weighing what this is all about. Yeah. Is that fair? Because we yeah. kind of have to at yeah, this point. Yeah, well, yeah. We, I mean, we, we've, we've mentioned enough, things out. right? <laughs> Um, it's confusing. That's, that's the, point. it sure <laughs> is. Cause it seems like it's all over the place and there's a lot of ways we can go with this. Um, one that I hear very often, and I, I just thought of this, I hadn't even written it down cause I didn't plan on going this direction, but I do think it makes sense in a certain way. Um, that a lot of these Levitical laws are health code. Yeah. 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 And I don't think that that's probably a crazy concept. Like, so right here in this passage, don't eat meat that's not been drained of the blood. Sure. The blood carries disease. So at least at this point in time, be careful about that. Well, okay. You're living in a culture where at a time in the world where the medical industry isn't all that advanced. Right. And now you want to go cut yourself. And mark yourself <laughs> and stick. I mean, I'm assuming like sharp rocks and seashells. Probably. To yeah, tattoo flint, or maybe. scar yourself. Yeah, right, 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 right. Like, but with, the point is, like, these aren't sterile objects. That are also not sterile. Yeah, like, who, where are you getting that from? What are you putting in your body, right? And, like, what kind of disease is in that? I mean, even today, to today, modern times, I've seen doctors talk about the, the sheer fact of, like, hey, just on a like an immune layer uh, right. uh, level, like tattoos aren't great for your immune system. Yeah, like, and, yeah, and yeah. that's just a thing like, well, and different, like my wife is afraid to get a tattoo. Like, let's not even go religious route right. here. Let's not talk what the Bible says uh, for a moment. We, uh, we've got more of that to talk about. I promise. Sure. But like on just a medical level, she has certain, uh, allergies to heavy metals and there are heavy metals oh, in tattooing, tattooing to the yeah. point where she is like, I wouldn't get a tattoo just because I, I don't know how it would affect me on a health level. I mean, one of the things that I do is medical translation and I'm, I'm translating typically for Hispanics in Spanish. And, uh, when they go in for an MRI, one of the standard questions is, do you have tattoos? And the follow-up question would be, what kind of ink is it? Do you know? Because uh, it can mess you up. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Huh. Now you got me thinking. 
You ever had an MRI, Zach? No, I've never had an MRI. Does your body float? But I've but I've had a I've had a tattoo done by somebody I barely knew in somebody's kitchen. So I I don't know. So I really don't know what to tell you in that ink. You know what I mean? Like this was hey, this was high school, Zach. All right, this right, was a different right, time right. in the world, folks. I'm not telling anyone to do that. Actually, I'm telling you don't do that. One hundred percent, don't do that. Um, yeah. So there's that. That's interesting. So there's the health aspect. That is a possibility. Sure. Sure. Um, I think another thing that has to be taken into account here, and, and I honestly, of all the explanations, this is the one I lean most heavily on as to why these laws are in place in the first place. Right. Okay. Or at least a lot of them. I think some of them are very clear and easy to work out because they're, they're a moral level, whereas others don't seem like tattoos. That doesn't seem like a moral issue. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So, well, I guess depending on how you do it or why you do it, right. That's when it becomes a moral yeah, issue. Sure. Like anything, but just a tattoo in general, though, like a tattoo for the sake of tattoos, right. right. That, that is not a moral, not a moral issue. Thing. So, so why, I, so why I've seen tattoos of Bible verses. Sure. Right. And so I think the best explanation for a lot of these really, uh, kind of outlandish, maybe not so clear Levitical laws is simply the fact, uh, I, I say the fact, and, and, and it's going to be something that people definitely don't agree on. So let me back up it. I think it boils down to, um, God handing over the nations to the spiritual sons of God, right? After the tower of Babel event, that we find uh, in, I think it's De Deuteronomy 32. That sounds right. I don't, yeah. I believe it um, is. When it talks about God scattered the nations according to the number of uh, the sons of God, that he drew the boundaries according to the number of the sons of God. Um, and then you go to your, you know, Psalm 82 language that gets into uh, God talking to his heavenly council and saying like, hey, why are you reigning over these people it's so improperly, like you're going to die like men because they, they haven't ruled as right. they should. Right. So they've, they're fallen. So it's the spiritual sons of God have now fallen. Uh, I, I'm going to take Michael Heiser's view on a lot of this stuff. Right. Um, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, and so with that said, when you look at what happens after Babel, you know, Babel centralizes, the world centralizes. And they try to make a great name for themselves. But what God wanted man to do was to scatter and make a great name for himself, right? To go across the world, not just to centralize and become self-absorbed. Um, that's the moment where, one, we see him scatter the nations among all the sons, the spiritual sons of God. So it ends up being like the 72 or 77, something like that. I don't remember the exact number. But then he directly turns around and he says to Abraham, you're going to be my people. You are going to be the father of many nations. You're going to be. And, and so God has created, he, he starts his plan of how he's going to fix this whole thing, how he's going to now restore all these nations. Right. But it's yeah. going to be through yeah. this one, this one man who is going to have children and that children will become a nation. Right. And then from that nation will come Jesus. And then Jesus will unite all nations under himself. Right. So that's the plan. But. We are now living at this point, right, when Jesus or when God turns to Abraham in a world where all the other religion or all the other countries have been handed over to the spiritual sons of God. 
So that's where you get all your foreign gods from, right? Mm -hmm. So God looks at his people and says, you need to look very different. I need you to represent me because everyone else is now going to look like these fallen sons, right? I don't want that. I want you to look like me. And so when we get things like do not, uh, don't cut yourself like the pagans do, right? Right. Don't, don't do that. Well, that's because they're doing that. I don't want you to look like them. I I don't want you wearing clothes of mixed fiber because that's what they're doing. I don't want you to eat this kind of food because that's what they do. Like it's this call to like a pure lifestyle, a very strict lifestyle because God is trying to show his own character and his own righteousness and justice and holiness among the nations. Even if you don't uh, do anything, don't adhere to the idea of the divine council and the nations going to other gods. Uh, it does seem that much of this is saying, I want you to be different. I want you to be set apart. You are to be holy. Sure. You're to be different from everybody else around you. Yeah. Like with or without the divine counsel language, that part is 100% present. Right. I just don't think it makes as much sense without the divine counsel language. That so that's a why level I of understanding to it. Right. So now, yeah, one of the problems with that, though, is. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish the Bible were clearer in saying, don't do this because of this reason, but it doesn't. The Bible well, just says, don't do this. That's our Western inquiring minds that need the why. Inquiring minds want to know. You don't even know where that comes from, do you? No. The National Inquirer. Wow. Which I don't even know if it's still out there, but that is their that's their subtitle. Is that the, like, super, is that the super sketchy? Know. like? It's got all the like conspiracy stuff. To. It's definitely got all the conspiracy stuff. Okay, yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> but it has a subscription. So oh, wow. if you would ask a subscriber, I don't think they'd call it sketchy at all. Yeah. They'd say, no, 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 this is the legit news. So backing up what you just said, we have other places where this is repeated. 21.5 refers to... To the priests, this is Leviticus 21.5. The priests must not shave their heads or trim their beards or cut their bodies. They must be set apart as holy to their God and must never bring shame in the name of God. So they're set apart. They're supposed to be different. Yeah. Deuteronomy 14.1, uh, the end of that verse says, never cut yourselves. I wonder what word that is. It's it's not the uh, serrate. Deuteronomy 14.1, never cut yourselves or shave the hair above your foreheads in mourning for the dead. So you get these concepts. They're spelled out a little bit differently. But here's the interesting thing in Deuteronomy 14.1. The way that verse starts is this way. Since you are the people of the Lord your God, never cut yourselves or shave the head above hair above your foreheads in mourning for the dead. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God. He has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. And that special treasure language 
brings up the Heiser concept of the divine council because that's consistently the way Israel is referred to as God's special treasure. Did you pull up Deuteronomy 14.1 there? Yeah, it's really weird language. Okay. Uh, it's Gadad, which is actually the Different same. word. It, but... Yeah, but it can also mean to like mobilize troops. Oh. Which is where I'm very confused. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Talking about like laying siege, like it, it's war language. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. We would have to study more on that to know what where they're going with that. But the point is, it talks about doing this and mourning for the dead. And it says, don't do this because you're different, because God has set you apart. So it goes back to that idea of not doing what everybody else is doing, uh, be different. There's also a common theme between these two passages you've just brought up of not cutting yourself or marking yourself for the dead, for the mourning of the dead. Right. What was the word used there for the dead in that passage you just did? Look it up. Deuteronomy what? uh, 14.1. Deuteronomy 14.1. See if it says nephesh. For the dead. Nope, that's uh, mut. Mut, yeah, yeah, that is dead. So that is very definitely different word. Dead. It's a different word. <laughs> Interesting. Different word for cunning. Different word for dead. Interesting. Okay. So I looked up. Uh, I looked up online. It's on the internet, so it must be true. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I found a website uh, called uh, JSTOR. Uh, it's the Journal of something of, I don't know, store. (laughs) Got it. But the guy there says the background of this law was that Israel, after having been rescued from slavery, was between Egypt and Canaan. So it's got these two cultures kind of pulling on them. Recent archaeology indicates that while Egypt did tattoos, it was limited to women. Evidence suggests that tattooing the body parts of women associated with fertility, breasts, thighs, abdomens, was believed to be a good luck charm to protect the birthing process. In Canaan, evidence indicates that instead of marking the body with ink, more extreme scarification measures like branding, slashing, gashing the skin were used. Archaeology, backed by biblical texts, indicates the Canaanites would customarily slash their bodies for ritualistic purposes, and it mentions Elijah with the 450 prophets of Baal when to call down lightning from the lightning god Baal. Oh, yeah, they're cutting they themselves. slash their bodies. Yep, yep, yep. And especially to mourn their dead and honor their gods. Leviticus 19.28 seems to imply this when it says, you'll not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print marks on you in light of this information from Egypt and Canaan. It would seem that God was forbidding scarification, not so much tattooing as we know it. Um, Sure. I get that. Yeah. That's that's really gray, though. 
<laughs> because here's yes, my question. Oh, okay, so um, so we've got Egypt, or sorry, we've got Israel leaving Egypt. They're now in in the wilderness. Yeah, they're learning how not to be Egyptians, how right. not to be slaves. Right, makes sense. Yeah. So on one level, you've got women tattooing themselves and scarring themselves for fertility purposes. Uh, just tattooing Egypt. themselves. In tattooing Egypt. They themselves. They would not scar themselves. Okay. So my, what's interesting to me though here is you're saying we're between these two cultures. They're learning how not to be this way and God is leading them into a place where they're going to be tempted to be this way. Right. And he, and he's saying, no, I find it interesting that this passage mentions cutting yourself and marking yourself. And it's laying a distinction between those two things when there is a distinction between those two things and the two cultures are on either side of Israel at this point in time. But that is what they did, and what the Lord seems to be saying pretty pretty consistently is, don't be like them. Don't right. try to imitate them. Right. Um, I, I think it's also interesting, this heavy emphasis on the for the dead portion. Um, yes. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be that guy right now, and I'm so sorry if somebody listening to this is upset with me, but I'm just going off of what the Bible says right here. But I can't tell you how many people I know that get their first tattoo in memoriam of a dead relative. Huh, interesting. There is something in us that wants to mark ourselves for the dead. Interesting. I have seen uh, dates tattooed yes. on people. And when I ask, they'll say that's a child. Usually it's a child. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just that that seems really specific. Like if you want, I guess my current stance on this passage, you know, I'll back it up as we continue along here. But what I get out of this passage when I read it is don't mark yourself for the dead. Don't do this out of mourning. And I think it is that specific. And so I get on one level. This kind of turns into an argument of, well, wait, you know, what what laws of the Old Testament are still in act and which yeah. ones aren't, yeah. which kind of turns into a theonomy debate, right? right? right which right. I'll be honest, I have, I have flip-flopped on that. Okay. Tell me what theonomy means. It's the concept that the laws of the Old Testament are all still the laws of the Old Testament. Okay. No, sorry, that they're all still God's law. Okay. Like that they're still active, okay. but that some have been unturned or overturned by Christ, right? That like through specific passages that undo particular concepts. So in the New Testament, when Mark says, uh, uh, I think it's Mark chapter 8, uh, that uh, Jesus says, it's not what you put in your mouth that makes you unclean. It's what comes right. out of your mouth that so makes you unclean. So, boom, that right there and flips Mark the says, food laws. That way he made all foods clean. Yes. So right. we can have bacon. Right. Okay. So they would say, so it's all of them except for the food. And right. and lobster. <laughs> right, right. So, like, any of the stuff that's been mentioned, they would say, well, that right. obviously has been done away with. And then the other obvious one would be animal sacrifices, because the book of Hebrews says very clearly. Because Christ is the last Christ sacrifice. Christ is the last sacrifice. Right. He's sacrificed once and for all. Okay. So in the past, I have stated that I was on board with this. I don't know that I am. 
Okay. I, I the more I research it, the more uh, the more questions it raises. I don't know that, like you know, like sometimes polyester. Well, 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 right, <laughs> but like it's one of those things where, like you know, you you hear something and at first it makes total sense, and then the more you dive into it, you're like, okay, wait, no, I think I just got a little overzealous there, and I need to back up. Okay. So like I yeah, I, I'm owning this. Like I think I went a little too in on this at first, and I don't know that I'm there. I don't know enough about it. It's it's a lot. Right. I do know there's right. – I, I see reasons for it and I see reasons against right, it. Right, right, um, right. There's language in the New Testament um, that it, it, would, it wouldn't be there if it weren't for that law still being active from the Old Testament. Right. But then at the same time, there's other stuff where – like the food laws and stuff, you know, they've been overturned. So I, it's just – I don't know. It's a little wonky. I don't yeah. want to take a hard stance on this is all gotcha. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should probably do an episode in the future talking about that in more depth. About the enemy? Yeah. Gosh, I'll have to study. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. It's a bummer. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, I guess my point is this. Like, yeah, we've got to ask, well, is that law even still active? Like this tattoo right, law. Right, right. Right? Because – now we're under the new covenant, covenant, right? right? But that also, Jesus also says, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. Right. So you've got that one. Um, the part that's really hard for me to get around is the specific nature of that passage in do not mark yourselves for the dead. Right. Don't do this. And, and then it says it again in another passage. Don't cut yourself for the dead. Like, don't mark yourself for the dead. Those things are tied. At least three times we've seen. Right. Yeah. And so... I personally think biblically we can make a case that it's not a great idea to um, mark ourselves in mourning because okay. the goal of mourning is to eventually stop mourning. Like there's a time for mourning and it's not all the time. But when you mark yourself with that, does it not kind of become that? And I, I wonder if that isn't part of the part of what's being stated there. Now, I could be wrong, but that is enough to stop me from wanting to get a tattoo for a dead relative. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, not I'm yeah. not condemning you if you have, but I am saying, based on the verses present, I, I couldn't do it. It does seem that Scripture says mourning has its purpose, and its purpose is not that you forever stay in that state. Right. Ecclesiastes But a tattoo's three, permanent. There's a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to mourn, mm. and a time to dance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it seems like mourning, uh, gosh, ready for a rabbit trail? Let's do it. Okay. So my wife and I went to Columbia. We were new missionaries there. Um, <clears throat> made good friends uh, with a young Colombian fellow. One day he calls me up. He says, hey, my cousin, this was back during the tough time in Colombia, and uh, his cousin had been killed. He was in the military, and he had been killed by guerrilla forces. And uh, they came back, and they had his body, and they were going to bury him. Okay. I thought, man, I've never been to a Colombian funeral. I wonder what this is like. So it was, uh, it was Catholic funeral, Catholic church, you know, big mass, um, went out to the gravesite. They began to lower a wooden casket into the grave with ropes. 
and his wife, who was about six months pregnant, jumps in the hole on top of the casket, just wailing, just screaming. I thought, oh my Lord, what do we do now? And I looked around. Nobody was upset. Nobody was shocked. Nobody was trying to grab at her saying, don't do that. She got in there. She wailed. She had her cry. She climbed out. And it's not that she was okay, but that was part of the process. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we have lost the ability to mourn or an understanding of mourning. I don't know. Definitely on a public level. Yeah. But on a yeah. private level? No. Yeah. I mean, I think... I, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think mourning is still very integrated into who we are as people. But maybe we internalize it a lot more. Sure. She just put it out there. Yeah. And then it was over. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and, and another statement to be made here, too, is... I know I'm laying heavily on this whole for the dead thing, but that's what the passage says. It does. That's what several passages say. Yeah. And so on one level, I may have some people mad at me going, well, I did that. You know, are you saying I'm wrong? And I'm going, well, maybe, yeah, like maybe, like yeah. <laughs> going by what I got the passage that says. But then on the other hand, the specific, uh, the specific nature of that passage also kind of makes it open-ended that, well, if it's specifically talking about the dead, then that means that other types of tattooing and scarring don't seem to be an issue. That's true. Do you see what I'm saying yeah, here? Yeah, like, yeah. like if I t- get a tattoo of a flower because I think it's pretty and it glorifies the greatness of God, okay. Like, I... I think that passage then opens up that freedom because of the specific nature of it. Right. Do you that see what I'm saying? That is not being tattooed for the dead. Right. Or and so, pierced for the dead. Right. Oh, should we do that too while we're here? Uh, Piercings? Well, I think we've got to. Yeah, That's sure, part of not? it, right? Because yeah. they get lump sum together. They because, do. I mean, I've, I've never been to a tattooed parlor that wasn't that a piercing parlor pierce, as well. Right. Um, but, uh, so piercings. Well, what, the, the question is, is that okay? Right. And I found this verse. I don't remember how many years ago. I'd never noticed it before, but ever since I've just been so intrigued by it. And it's Ezekiel 16. And God is talking about Israel and how he found Israel. And she was like destitute. And like, it's all, it's all, uh, prophetic language. So it's very poetic. But I find it interesting that God says, uh, Should I just read the whole thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable practices and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says to Jerusalem. Your ancestry and birth, by the way, I don't know what all he's about to say. So if there's kids in the car, earmuffs, because it's Ezekiel. It's, yeah, I, it's, I think uh, it gets a little rough. So it sorry. A racy. It's a yeah. little dicey. You might want to fast forward 30 seconds if, you know, if this isn't your thing. But, uh, you know, heads up. Uh, this is what the sovereign Lord says to Jerusalem. Your ancestry and birth were in the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean. 
nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. So nobody cared about you. Nope. They threw you away. Yeah. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field, for on the day you were born, you were despised. Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, live. I made you grow like a plant of the field. You grew and developed and entered puberty. Your breasts had formed and your hair had grown, yet you were stark naked. Later I passed by, and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Sovereign Lord, and you became mine. I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put sandals of fine leather on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck, and I put a ring on your nose, earrings <laughs> in your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were a fine linen and costly fabric and embroidered cloth. Your food was honey, olive oil, and the finest flour. Yeah. You became very beautiful and rose to be a queen. Body piercings. He gave, I mean, I understand this, this is not literal, but if God is condemning piercings, it finds, I find it very odd that God would even use the metaphorical language right. yeah. of piercing your ears and piercing your nose for beauty reasons. Right. And and notice, this isn't vain beauty. This is just the accentuation of the beauty of of his daughter that he loves, of his bride that he loves here, right? Like, like he wants her to be beautiful, and he chose to do that with a nose ring and ear piercings and beautiful clothing. And, like, it's not vain. It's just beautiful in the eyes of God. So I – think that's an interesting point against those who would say body piercings are wrong now right, as a blanket right, statement right, right. now given if if you're if 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 you're doing any of these things if you're tattooing yourself if you're getting piercings because you're just this vain person and you just want everybody to see how how hot you are or whatever like yeah i do think that can be wrong because your intentions matter here I think we do in a little bit need to get into why people get tattoos and piercings. So, but, but let's finish this concept. What? Did you have anything more to say That's about it. it? Okay. That's it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say this, dude, I'm 70 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I grew up at a time when the only thing that had a ring in its nose was uh, the pig's that we didn't want to root holes underneath the fence. So they would put a ring in the nose because it bothered them, them, and it went away. And still, when I see a young lady with uh, a, a jewel in her nose or a ring in her nose, that becomes the focal point that my eyes are drawn to, and I'm self-conscious about it because I don't want to do that, but I just kind of automatically do. But the reality is like you like you look at it as a thing you shouldn't do like because of the culture you grew up I, in. Yeah, I don't necessarily look at it as a thing that you shouldn't do, but I look at it as a thing of my lord that is strange. <laughs> Why would you do that? But 
It's done. There is nothing in Scripture that I can find that says you shouldn't do it. And I know there are cultures uh, where uh, uh, piercings and jewelry affixed to the skin are it's it's just what is done. Right. And more and more, that's the culture I live in. Right. So I just need to get over myself. What? Well, I, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I go that far. It it it's just a you one you can't help the culture you grew up in. You can't help right. how we've yeah. all been brainwashed. Right. Oh yeah. In one yeah. way or another. Right. Um but at the same time, I think you're approaching it from the right way to just be like, "Hey, but I mean, based on what the Bible actually says, I got no reason to feel that way right. on a biblical level. On a self-preference level, fine. Like I see people with tattoos and stuff sometimes where I'm like, oh, I feel like you went overboard. I probably wouldn't have done that. But at the same time, I, I if all their tattoos check out as like not being, you know, vile or, 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 uh, gross, like, you know, cause yeah. that's, that's the next part I think we got to talk about right. is like, if, if everything checks out, I mean, then it's just my preference. It's not a, it's not a religious matter at that point. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. So let's go there. Why do people get tattoos? I think a lot of people get tattoos for vain reasons. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think everybody does. Uh, I, I think that there are God honoring tattoos. I think there are tattoos out there uh, to remind people of the truths of God. I know plenty of people with, I, I see a lot of people get that. Uh, it's a G greater than, and then it's a up arrow and a down arrow. So it's like a G then the, the left open, the open, yeah, the greater right. than side and then the up and then the down. So it's God is greater than the ups and downs. It's just like a fun <laughs> little thing. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of goofy and it's kind of a cliche tattoo at this point, but like, I mean, if that, reminds you of the goodness of God because you got that planted in a place where you're going to see it regularly. Good on you, man. Like, that's cool. I was interviewing a local fire chief uh, a while ago. We did something in the service and I wanted to share with us some ideas. And I noticed he had a a tattoo of a Bible verse and I knew the Bible verse, but during the interview I said, Hey, Jeremy, What's that tattoo about? He says, it's the Bible verse. Greater love hath no man that he gives life for his friends. Dude, he was a fire chief. That was his day-to-day job. Right. And it meant so much to him that he tattooed it on his arm to remind himself that he had a purpose. He wasn't just getting a paycheck. He was putting his life on the line. Right. That is a great tattoo. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think... What this whole issue maybe boils down to for me is the why behind what you're doing. Um, like I said, I think the I think the Bible passage itself lays out an emphasis on tattooing the dead. Uh, that I think is problematic simply because the verse is so specific about it, and because the Bible is so clear that that that's something we that's something we don't need to do right um where right. the, the morning is a, there's a time for morning and then there's a time to not mourn right um so there's that then i think it's like is your tattoo uh does it have things that are going to offend people or right. that, that, that god would not like you to have on your body oh there's some right really right gross tattoos. exactly and i think that that's wrong just like i i think like 
I think you should not get that tattoo solely because of what that tattoo says or, or is a picture of, right? Um, I've had some friends show up with some pretty gnarly stuff that I'm like, why'd you do that? Like, that's terrifying. <laughs> like, that's not good, you know? Um, so there's some of that. There, there is a whole, I think it's a Netflix show on fixing tattoos. Yeah. Where people get those really gross tattoos and they, Come back a couple of years later and they say, can you fix this? I've kind of calmed down now. What can we do about this? Right. And instead of just trying to have it removed, which rarely works, they have somebody tattoo over top of it with a new image. Mm. And they, I, I have yet to see one where they go to a gross image. They're mm. usually coming from a gross image or in some cases just an ex-girlfriend or something right. putting uh, a, a different message on it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, th- there's that. I, I think it just boils down to, um, you know, why are you doing this? Are, are you setting your eyes on things above? Are you setting your eyes on earthly things? Are you glorifying God? W- w- does this tattoo glorify God? Yeah. Or does it glorify you? Right. Or, or is it just kind of neutral and it's just a cool picture? Cause yeah. you know, that's some, or does it honor the dead? Cause the Bible says you really shouldn't don't, don't do that. Do that. Yeah. And then, um, and then there's, yeah, I mean, I think that may be the gambit, like that may be all of it, but the point is like the why, the why matters. It's not just tattoos, blanket statement, bad, but like, but why, why are you doing that? Um, Another thing that's kind of tied to this that I'd just like to plug in here as like a bonus conversation piece is we had a letter written into us or an email written to us asking about crystals. And uh, it's actually a pretty specific letter because uh, it's from one of our listeners named Peyton. And I'll just throw your first name out there. Right. And uh, Peyton was just asking like, hey, look, here's the deal. I have these crystals that I know that New Agers use. But I don't use them for that. I just think they're cool looking. Like, they're just pretty rocks. And I like them for decorative purposes. So is that wrong? And I think my answer is, no, it's fine. Yeah. Because it's a rock. Exactly. To you, it's just a rock. I've got geodes. That's kind of crystals formed inside of rocks. Right. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Right. I just like the look of them. Right. I don't worship them. I don't use them to call out power or and and you've never had a a time in your life when you did right right because that's the other thing right and and so let's get into that maybe real quick but like once again like just as an example of how the why matters more than the thing itself a crystal is a rock and god made it it's his it's his creation it's beautiful we should look at at a crystal like they have in these like new age stores and stuff. And we should go, wow, that's a pretty rock because that glorifies the greatness of God. My God made that. Yeah. And he knew that it was beautiful when he yeah. made it. Yeah. And that's all, it, that's what it is. It's just decorative. At it's the just end of beautiful. the day, after he made it, he said, that's good. That's good. <laughs> right. Now, if that's your relationship with that rock, good to go. No problem. No problems there. But if, if you buy that rock and then you're like, I believe that this rock can heal me and that this rock can have all these magical properties in my life. And I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray about this rock and I'm going to, I'm going to try and use the magical properties that have connected to this rock while it's been in the ground. And well, 
No, now you're in witchcraft mode. Yeah, that's, that's, this is bad. This is right. evil. This is wrong. You should not do that. But it's not because of the crystal. It's not the rock. It's what you attribute to the rock. It's Same the why behind with the rock. tattoos. It's what's, be, what's, what's in you that's driving you to the tattoo that can be wrong. Right. Well, okay. So does the tattoo not kind of – okay. Wow. I've never thought of this. Uh, it's not what you put in your body. Yeah. But what comes out of it? That's right. Is it not the same for the tattoo? It's not the ink that you put in your body. It's it's but but it's the why. What it's message the, are you What sending? are you trying to yeah. send out of that tattoo right. is the better question. Yep. What do I want you to see when you look at this tattoo? Right. Is it oh I got a penguin cuz penguins are kind of fun and I I like him and he's just cute. Yeah. Oh cool. All right. Well that's whatever. Or hey, I worship this penguin. It's my god. <laughs> oh, oh no, that's bad. Or this is my pet penguin that died, and every time I look at him, I mourn over. Well, that, that seems like we're in some not so good territory here. Yeah. Like it's the why. It's the why. Yeah. And here's the other thing, y'all. If you've got a tattoo that the Bible's not cool with, I don't necessarily think that means that you need to go out and like have them removed and spend thousands of dollars and go through this big grueling process. I don't even think it's that deep. I think it's simply going, hey, look, I think that I got this at a time in my life when I wasn't as informed on what the Bible wanted me to do. And um, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. The end. You're good. Like, it's that simple. Yeah. If you've done something wrong, repent. It's done. It's over. God put it as far as the east is from the west. I understand that can be hard, especially when you have a picture attached to your body every day, right? So, yeah. so maybe every time you look at it, then yeah. maybe you feel bad about it, yeah. and maybe that's maybe that's a reason uh, to to be extra careful when thinking about what tattoo you may or may not get, or or whether or very not true. you even should. Yeah. And I'll be very clear: I have tattoos. I don't know that I would get any more solely on the the idea that I wouldn't want to accidentally even do something to offend God in that. Yeah. Is that a fair statement? Oh, like gosh, yeah. like it's enough of a gray area. Heavens, it's yes. enough of a yep. kind of slippery slope area where it's like I, I'm kind of at this point one I don't even know what I'd get because I I can't think of anything I want or would want permanently. Yeah. Uh, everything I have is like on my back so I don't even see it. Uh at this point I'm going to have to start putting stuff places where I can see it and I don't <laughs> even know if I want that. But <laughs> but um, I, I don't know that I would get more because I don't want to accidentally do the wrong thing, uh, and upset God over that. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to sin. Um, yeah. Is that a fair it statement? It is very much so. Very much so. This is a really gray area in a lot of ways, and it's going to take whoever's listening to this and who may be considering getting a tattoo or maybe you have tattoos, whatever. You're going to have to take the stuff we've thrown at you. You're going to have to do some deep diving on your own through the Bible. And you're going to have to pray about this and just determine, like, where you are in this. Just keep asking yourself, why? Why do I want this? What is it that I am trying to communicate with this? Yeah, that's the big And the if big you get a decent it. answer, then go for it. And if you don't, then drag your feet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Good enough? I think so. 
This is kind of a goofy one. Um, honestly, probably wouldn't have chosen to talk about this if so many people uh, didn't seem to want to talk about this. Uh, but I, I hope this does help you. There's a lot of other resources out there, a lot of great teachings on this. I mean, with as big of a question as it is, I found a lot of really great resources, uh, like just on YouTube videos from really good, trustworthy teachers who have similar views to, I think, the ones we've just expressed. But uh, if you want to hear it from other people, I'd go listen to them. And, uh, you know, don't don't just take our word for it. Study yeah. this, right? Yep. Cool. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Um, we want you to go check out our website. Go to uh, SaltySaintsPodcast.com. Send us a message. We've been hearing from more and more of you guys lately, and uh, it's just really encouraging to hear from you guys. Um, it, it helps us know that we're on the right track and doing the right stuff or maybe what you want to hear more of, or maybe what you don't want to hear more of or whatever, like that's all helpful information. So please uh, don't hesitate to send us that kind of stuff. Um, make sure to check out our friends at lifeaudio.com. They're awesome. We've got lots of fun podcasts on um, just Christian living, uh, studying the Bible, parenting, all sorts of stuff. So get over there, check them out. And until next time, stay salty. What happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend, a nationally touring stand-up comedian? Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.